0: and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started.
1: My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision, once again, to tune in and invest in yourself today. We are From the Field podcast, and we take you to those places. We have those conversations that change your life, where you have those discoveries that give you that slight edge that moves you closer to your, interse- to your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. And where do these things take place? Not in soundproof studios. They happen in coffee shops, cigar shops, the networking function after the seminar, outdoor cafes, while you're driving, while you're jogging, sitting out on your balcony. In fact, most of our episodes are filmed from our studio, which happens to be my sumptuous Las Vegas balcony. Today, we're actually in the living room of my elegant Las Vegas apartment. I'm sitting here with uh, one of my feline office supervisors who I've mentioned on some of the shows before. And we are going to delve into a topic that I think is very important that we haven't really covered on Business Creators Radio, at least for a while. And this is about using willpower and a higher power to create the business of your dreams. You know, I've gone through phases where sometimes for weeks I had a hard time getting focused. I lost my enthusiasm. Regular listeners know that I went through a three-year period where I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I realized I'd entered that period when I looked into the future and all I saw was a blank screen. it could be pretty scary. Well, if you find yourself in a situation or you've been in this situation before, there's hope. And to shine a light on that, we have with us today's guest expert. Her name is Tanya D. She helps people achieve inner strength and authenticity through practicing spiritual disciplines and healthy habits. She's a registered dietitian and master level meditation teacher, making her perspective deep yet broad. Tanya is a teacher of physical, psychological, and spiritual techniques for finding higher powers within. And you notice that I've modulated the tone a little bit because I want us to be in a place where we're open to whatever flows our way. Tanya D, come on in. The weather's fine.
2: <laughs> Hello, Adam. Glad to be here.
1: See, there are times I can, I can be spastic and there are times that I can be officious and there are times that I can be... No, like, Saul Goodman. Saul <laughs> Who Goodman.
0: Are
1: you today? Yeah. <laughs> now, I love this topic of willpower because it's, a lot of what's taught about willpower is just plain wrong in my experience, in my estimation. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you here. I wanted to get a new perspective on this. Before we do, I read off your official bio like I always do. It's very impressive. It goes places that I certainly don't quite know. In fact, I'm not even sure I'm worthy to be here, and this is my show. Now, what we'd like you to do is, I read off the official part. Now, tell us a bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion.
2: Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, I went through a divorce. I was 40. Uh, I've always uh, been pretty successful in business and my career. And the anxiety, what I found uh, after a divorce, I had uh, was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. God. Yes.
1: That's saying God with a Boston accent, but yeah. (laughs) generalized anxiety disorder gad yeah yeah i'm 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 actually familiar with what gad is general generalized anxiety disorder um i'm not sure if i personally experienced it but uh the best way i know how to describe it and i'd like you to make this more clear for our listeners if possible is it's just a sense of constantly worrying or just this nagging feeling
2: yes it's constant. It's I explain it as a constant flow of fear underneath uh-huh. the surface that you're not all that aware of. And what ends up happening is all the inner parts of our being are actually reacting from that place. So it's really difficult to get settled. And like you said, you lost focus. Like you lose focus you can't settle your soul at all. And um, it really, it, it is just so destructive. So I was reading all sorts of books about, okay, how do you overcome anxiety? And most of the books said I was going to need to meditate. So that sent me on about a, a 10 year journey to learn how to meditate. I had tried to meditate, but I could only sit for like three minutes at a time. And that was from my anxiety, really. So I went on a real path. I found a meditation teacher. I ended up doing uh, eight to 10 years of Kundalini yoga um, certifications. So I'm a master kundalini yoga teacher as well. Um, and that yoga is really, really different. It always ends in meditation and all the work that you do lands you in this spot of meditation. So that's how I got started on my journey from registered dietitian to, um, helping people really look at not just the body because we tend to focus on the body, but there's these other aspects, uh, you're like you had said in my bio a psychological aspect and a spiritual aspect as well. And even when I was a dietitian, I, I, I saw that you can only help so much, like, so you could only go so far helping somebody with their body. You have to go deeper. So um, that's how I got my path started. And it's been just an amazing uh, transformation and inside of me. And once you have the inside transformation, then things start transforming on the outside of your life as well, which is an amazing gift to have both be transforming.
1: Yeah, so let's bifurcate that farther. We have the physical, let's actually trifurcate in this case, physical, psychological, and spiritual techniques. Uh, and when you refer to the idea of, I don't know whether you want to call it dieting or weight loss or physical optimization or what have you, I agree that just simply changing your meal plan is going to, or resolving your exercise exercises, uh, it's not going to get you anywhere.
2: Yeah, it gets you to a certain state of health, which is good, then your body can function better. But um, if we're talking willpower, that goes into the next level of psychological um, well-being and understanding. And, And this is where I think maybe the biggest gap is in people's understanding is, What is our psyche? What is, it's also known as the ego, our identity, our personality. It's a big, big part of us. (laughs) And I think spiritual, like people kind of understand what spiritual and higher power is, but in order to get to the spiritual, you really have to understand the psychological part, in my opinion, (laughs)
1: This feels like a cumulative process. Am I accurate about that?
2: You can approach it all at the same time, because I, I think, like I said, you understand like your body and health and all that. And, and you know, we've been so focused on the body since the 70s. So it's that like 50 years, you know? Yeah. And and it started, you know, psychological like therapy and all that stuff started, you know, the 90s. And um, it's a certain... It's a certain, um, it's helpful. There's been a lot of this, this help around it, but I'll tell you, I discovered something and I it's, it's a weird way that I discovered it, but um, how to explain the ego or the psyche, like the therapy and psychology, they don't even really clearly define it. So the subconscious, right? All these words, the false self. And actually, if you go find it, try to find where the ego is located in the Bible. Okay. I'm going to get a little spiritual here. Please do. Okay. In in the Bible, it explains that our ego, it doesn't say this flat out, but our egos is, is like, is comparable to the word soul. Can you, can you grasp that?
1: I'm starting to, but keep going.
2: Okay. So, In the Bible, it says we have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. And those are the three parts of every single human being. Okay. You get that? So like we've talked about the body. The soul is where our mind, our emotions, and our will is located. Okay, so imagine we've got our body, then we have our soul. And this is why I think the Bible clearly explains, like, if this is you're talking about the ego or the psyche, or our soul, our soul is our mind, all of our thoughts, our emotions, all of our feelings, and our free will. And we'll get to that, like, all of our desires. It's where we say, I want, I don't want, I wish, I don't wish I'm attracted to things. I'm not attracted to things. So if you can comprehend how important it is to understand the soul, your soul, your soul is your soul is different from my soul. Yeah. Everybody has a very, very, very unique soul. And that's why I talk a lot about authenticity, like how to find your unique authenticity. Well, here's the answer. Um, Everybody has a unique body. Everybody has a unique soul. Everybody has the same spirit. Supposedly the spirit's the same. In everybody, it's where peace, love, joy, kindness, goodness, higher powers, these inner higher powers are located, creativity. Yeah. So I am going to take us back to meditation, right? Yeah. So what is meditation? Do you meditate? Yes, I do. Okay. And if I was to ask you, what is the most difficult part of meditation for you? What would be your answer?
0: I believe the most difficult for me is maintaining a
1: lack of distraction that could break me out of it.
2: So, yeah, maintaining like things distract you out of maintaining your meditation practice, right? Yes. And almost all of those things are going to be found in your soul. Let me explain that. So when you're sitting in meditation, all of a sudden you're holding your body still, right? So you don't have to really think about your body so much. If it's comfortable, you know, you you can sit on a couch. You don't have to sit in that like Indian posture. That's uncomfortable. If you can't get there. Meditation should be really like a comfortable seated position where your spine is straight, really just so you can go inward and you don't have to be focused on the body. But yeah. when when you go inward, guess what you find first?
0: Uh,
1: I'm not even going to try to guess.
2: Okay. You're going to find your soul. You're going to okay. find you. You find you. But it's a part of ourselves that. When we're walking around in the outer world, like, let's say we're at we're at we're at business, we're we're at our we're we're, we're at where we work, yeah. and we're we're looking around, blah blah blah. We're in the outer world. Well, when you shut off the outer world and you go inside, that's where our soul is located. It's technically, biblically, it says the soul is located in the heart. So when you settle into meditation or you get quiet, or let's say you're even in a business meeting and you have to kind of just sit there, right? Uh. (laughs) what's going to pop up is your soul. So your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, and your desires, your free will. So what makes meditation difficult at the beginning and then interesting, the more you understand what's going on is this is where you learn to have this ability to sit and have self-control over your, okay, self is synonymous with soul. So soul control, soul control. Self-control is soul control.
1: How are we spelling soul? S-O-L-E or S-O-U-L or
2: both? It's, it's S-O-U-L. Yeah. Soul, the soul of a person. Everyone. Yeah, when has- you
1: say self, that could be soul as in only. That's why I want oh, to clarify. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's true. Good point. Um, but we talk about like self-discovery, invest in self. You said that earlier. self um, Self-love. So this word self is really can be very synonymous with my soul, your soul. It's, it's your soul that you're trying to love. Self-love is you're trying to love your soul. So anyway, let's go back to meditation and or that business meeting and you're sitting there and all of a sudden you have these ruminating thoughts that have nothing to do with the meeting maybe. Or you have uh, feelings that come up like, shit, I'm angry at this person. Sorry, excuse me. Um, oh, you
1: can, you know, you can, you can uh, say whatever you want. And anybody has a problem. They can just fuck off.
2: <laughs> oh, thank you. You took it up there or not. Yes. Um, so, um, or you have these desires, like I really want a cup of coffee, or I really want to talk, or I really want to leave this meeting. Now, that's what happens when you hold your body still and in meditation, the first thing that's going to come up is your soul, your mind, thoughts, and and yep. pretty much we've all heard, like, watch the thoughts as a cloud, right? Yep. Let them come and let them go. Well, um, not only do we watch our thoughts as a cloud, but we also watch our emotions, and our free will. So a really amazing thing about meditation is you're really learning to listen to your soul and you observe your soul, but you don't react to the soul. Does that make sense? Yes. And and this is what gets us (coughs) kind of in trouble in life is, you know, all of a sudden you have a feeling and you react to it. Like I feel whatever I feel angry, sad, depressed, anxious. I'm going to, even though I said, I wasn't going to have that glass of wine tonight, I'm going to have it. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. There's a reaction or, um, I'm, 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 have these thoughts and my head is ruminating and I can't stop ruminating. And so, you know, boom, I'm going to do whatever I can to get myself out of those thoughts. Maybe, you know, there's all sorts of substances now that are fairly acceptable, but instead of being able to just kind of observe and figure out like maybe why your mind's ruminating, like what has upset your soul? Um, and go a little bit deeper into the spirit. So I'm I'm gonna save that for later. But um, I want you to really, really, really get this thing about how important it is to know these three aspects of your soul, also called psyche, ego, self, subconscious, false self. There's all sorts of words out there to describe the human soul but i think the bible does it best. i don't think psychology does it best. okay. so bible says our soul is our mind, our emotions and our free will. it's easy to define and then it's easy to experience. so when you're when you're sitting maybe you're doing it right now like you're sitting there going like gosh, i really wish i would have had like a cup of coffee here before i started this interview. And and it's okay basically, the more we learn to listen to and observe the soul, the more we can be controlled. Like we we can we can control it, it doesn't control us. Yeah. You you could just say, oh, that's my free will right now. I'm I'm gonna control that. Do you get that?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the most common reaction i have when i'm in a meeting is to start evaluating what mistakes that i make with my life choices that are forcing me to be here right now
0: mhm
2: <laughs> 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 okay so that's the aspect of your soul that's the mind so the the whole our mind don't ever think like in meditation, like this whole idea that your mind just shuts off is such a fallacy because our mind has a purpose and that's to think it thinks, analyzes judges. It has all sorts of things, solves problems. It's supposed to do this. So, um, and, and the more like, the more you sit in meditation, let's say by yourself, let's say you start, I always recommend for people, anyone, anyone, business, anybody to have some sort of a morning routine where you sit for a little while and you pay attention to your soul because at, if you, it's like a little kid, imagine your soul as a little kid. And if you go throughout your life, for long periods of time, ignoring that little kid, it starts to speak louder and louder and louder and louder. And the more like if you have this practice where you're kind of sitting with your soul like every day and kind of saying, well, what's my mind saying today? What are my feelings feeling today? What are my desires and my my free will? What do I really want out of life? Um, It doesn't have that same, it calms down. So that I think we can calm our mind, but we can't turn it off. Right. Right. It just doesn't work. I think I have one friend that's a meditator that's been meditating like eight hours for like the last 20 years. He does it like all day, all night. And he says he doesn't really have thoughts. And I've he's sent me videos and stuff like that. Well, that's, you know, that's not the normal human being, right? Who's trying to do something good in the world and we have to use our mind. But what what we also want to know is that the soul is not only like a child that needs attention. It's also like a big computer hard drive. It stores all of our experiences and every single thing we've learned so consider it as stored also like it's storing mass media you know how mass media is it's storing true and false things our
1: soul- i see where you're going yeah
2: right well that's what that's what we have inside of our soul too so you may have been told as a young child or had an experience like I had an experience my mom left when I was 15 left my family and that created a lot of anxiety in me and then when I later on when I went through my divorce that anxiety was still in there I hadn't taken care of it so I went through a divorce I had double doses of anxiety does that make sense yeah and then, you know, I had to do a whole lot of therapy, you know, childhood stuff and get the childhood anxiety out. And then I could deal with my regular anxiety around my divorce. But that's the idea is this is another problem really that's hard to control with our soul is it's it's like, it's like this great big computer hard drive and you, we don't hit the trash button enough. We're not deciphering like Okay, that old anxiety needed to go. That old thought that I wasn't worthy needs to go. And so in meditation in the morning when like the false stuff comes up, we can learn we can go, "Oh yeah, that's just not true. I'm letting that go." So, back to the importance of, you know, really tending your soul. It's, it's tending yourself. It's tending a part of your humanness that um, we tend to walk around and we numb it. We distract from it. Um, we, we do a lot of things to ourselves so that we don't have to listen to the soul. Like um, I had a substance abuse issue because I didn't like the pain that was in my soul. So I was right, right, like I was numbing it. (laughs) Uh Right. And it wasn't until I learned to just like, well, just listen to it, you know, and have some, then here's where kind of the more spiritual aspect comes in, have some compassion for yourself. So at the same time, you're sitting in meditation or walking around in life and you have this wounded part of your soul come up, you have this part of your spirit where you're saying, Oh, well, I have compassion for you. And it kind of neutralizes it. So you can do all of this in meditation. It makes meditation a really, really, really interesting practice because you, it's a, like some monks call it divine therapy. It's almost like instead of going to a therapist, you're just sitting there doing it on yourself every single day. And then you, you're you hitting that trash button every day. You're learning how to be more compassionate for yourself, which makes you actually more compassionate towards other people. So I know I'm downloading a whole lot, but I want to Well,
1: yeah, I'm I'm, I'm tracking this too. It's giving me some thoughts, but yeah, go ahead.
2: Okay, good. Because I want to check in with you and I want to see like, (laughs) I want to go back and just talk. I want to see what you're thinking about what I'm saying about the soul. Do you well, think, yeah.
1: The first thing that comes to mind here is, and I've discovered this through uh, meditation work, uh, hypnotherapy, and such, mm-hmm. is that there are layers. Yeah. And once you remove one layer, you discover there's something else underneath. I've also discovered through hypnotherapeutic exercises that you may go into a guided vision exercise, for example. With the idea that you're going to attempt to solve one problem or answer one question. And the next thing you know, you discover the answers to four or five of your questions and you solve three of your issues.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so if you were to say hypnotherapy, like what part can you kind of see that I would say hypnotherapy is working on your soul?
1: So- I would definitely say that
2: right? Like your mind, your feelings, your desires, past experiences. You know, some people even say hypnotherapy, you know, you can go into past lives. Well, what's a past life? It's a past soul that passed away, left your body, right? And then came back down and to have another turn at life again. So, um, and, and the other part of your soul that's serving that that solving your problems is your mind because that's what our mind does. It solves problems. So um, it's just so important for everybody to know their, their unique soul. And then if you can kind of talk from this, like truth, like this is the truth. This is who I am. You know, I think this way, I feel that way. I want this. That's your soul and you being in tune with it, where you can share yourself with another human being. And then that makes it very like an authentic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't really know your soul, then what happens is sometimes we're just like we download other people's personalities that we kind of like or we want to be like or some, like, high guru's thought or whatever. And
1: Well, it's what's available to us if uh, yeah. if we can't see the other thing. I, I recognize that, and I also have seen in myself and a lot of other people, I know that pretty much... Well, first of all, let me backtrack to something here. Yeah. In my book, Groundhog Days in the Vet, Not a Business Strategy... I urge people to never I urge a person to never say to another person that you're appealing to their sense of reason. Mm. Because the way I view it, however another person is acting, even if you may think they are quote unquote crazy, they are being reasonable. Mm-hmm. Their reason is just not the same as yours.
0: Totally. I also
1: ma- I also make the bifurcation between a reason an excuse. How many times have you heard, that's an excuse, but that's not a reason. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's mistaken. It's the other way around. The reason that mm. you say something, do something, think something, feel something, whatever is the reason. Yeah. If it's, and if it's a quote unquote bad thing, which is, again, it's also subjective, then mm. it's a matter of whether or not it's excusable and in the views of whom.
2: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: If you, I mean, I mean, for, I mean, for example, if, um, if you walk up to somebody on the street and just randomly punch them in the face, Mm -hmm. no preamble, you don't know the person, just punch them in the face. Mm -hmm. How how do you excuse that?
2: Yeah. They,
1: that's one example.
2: Right.
1: Now, now let's say there's somebody you're dealing with who's just constantly hassling you and giving you a hard time Mm -hmm. and eventually it gets to the point where they just pick the absolute wrong day and you even warn them that Mm -hmm. this time you really mean it back off and they Mm -hmm. don't so you just freaking clock them Mm -hmm. now can that be excused Ah! it's 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 a little it's not so cut and dry there
2: well, yeah, things just aren't cut and dry because it's a lot of what, what you're saying is um, somebody has a perspective that's different from someone else's. Right. Right. And it's, you even brought this touched on it, good or bad, depending on one person, it might be good, depending on another person, it might be bad. And so it's really difficult to um, you know, the truth is everybody has a different soul and everyone's had different experiences, and everybody sees out of that perspective, out of that lens. And, you know, maybe the guy that is on the street and he gets, you know, walks up and hits somebody um, the other guy's perspective was that he knew him and it, it was some dude that he met in a bar and he was sure that that was that dude or something. Yeah. And, you know, this is coming from this, this person's perspective, their reasoning where the other person will never understand that reasoning. Right. Right. And we can get into that in relationships and it's a real trap. Like, um, well, this is my perspective. You're doing something bad. That's usually the relationship feel, uh-huh. right? <laughs> and the other person's like, "No, I'm. I what I do. I I like what I do. It's good, right? And yeah. so you realize it's just somehow the two souls have had such. Different experiences that they can't have the same perspective.
1: Right. There are. I've argued for years that there's no such thing as the truth. I believe that truth, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. Let's see that you, me, and a third person were standing around an intersection, a big four way intersection, and we're on all three of us are on different corners. Mm-hmm. Two vehicles smash into each other in the middle of the intersection. Right. We're witnesses. We all give statements, mm-hmm. and then we all take polygraph tests. Mm-hmm. Our accounts of what happened are mutually contradictory. That mm-hmm. we all pass with flying colors. Wait a minute, wait a minute, but 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 who's telling the truth and who's lying? <laughs> we all saw it from three different angles. Not only do we see it from three different angles, we saw it through three different sets of lenses. Totally. Polygraph, machi- polygraph machines don't fact check. They analyze for signs of prevarication.
2: Exactly. So you're, you hit the nail, right? It's, it's just three different perspectives because there's three different souls there. There's three right. different minds. There's three different life experiences so no one's wrong. I I delineate truth. I talk about truth a lot because I think it's just such an interesting con. It's just one of those things, right? So there's always personal truth. And it's good to say this is my personal truth. It doesn't mean it has to be yours or right or whatever, but it's really important that I think to declare our personal truth or else how can we ever be authentic? Like, this is my personal truth as I've gotten to a point where kind darn it. I don't really like to drink that much. It used to be so fun yeah. for me, but like, I, I just don't really like it anymore. And so to go out with my girlfriends and um, you know, everybody's drinking and they all know me now, but it took me a long time to say my personal truth without everybody thinking I was judging them, you know,
0: uh-huh.
2: but this has made me authentic in that group is my personal truth is, ah, darn it. I don't enjoy drinking that much anymore. This is my truth. So I'll order my, you know, soda and tonic or whatever it is. Right. Now there is in the Bible, I'm going to go back to a, a deeper, like a spiritual thing that at the center of our heart there's our conscience. Right. And then yeah. it says in the Bible that God's conscience, it also is at the center of our heart. And there's lots of names for this thing, but the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit. So we have a spirit we're, we're body, soul, and spirit. And Spiritually speaking, we were created this way so that we could connect to this, whatever you want to call it, God, higher power, the universe, the source. It is spirit. So we connect our spirit to this higher spirit. And then we have more spiritual power. And that's why we were created this way to have a body to have a soul and to have, we have a human spirit That human spirit is supposed to connect to this higher spirit. So God, God is a higher spirit. If you want to call it God, um, this higher spirit, there's all sorts of names for it, but one of them is called the spirit of truth. Okay. The spirit of truth. And it was like, Jesus has said, I'm going to die. I'm going to leave you, but you will receive the spirit of truth that will guide you into all things. So, one thing that I've really learned to do in meditation is you observe the soul. It's saying to you this, this is your mind. It's like talking and solving problems and analyzing and judging and um, and then this is your emotions. Like, oh, maybe right now you feel kind of angry or kind of sad or whatever. And then this is your desire as well. I, I really wish I had that book deal. And I really wish that, you know, I had a different job and, you know, I really don't want to be drinking. So your like your soul's like, you know, your will is there's saying all this stuff. Well, you listen to it for a while. And then after a while, it's kind of like, all right, I got it out. And this is where ideally, and it does talk about this in the Bible too, where you it's called surrendering. You hear, like just in common languaging out there all the time, that it's important to surrender our ego, right? Yeah. It's the same. We're surrendering our soul to this higher place, but it's deeper actually. It's, a, uh-huh. it's deeper. We're surrendering our soul, all that stuff, all that mess that we are as human beings into this spirit of truth that's at the very, very core of every human being. And this is where you're going to find a creativity, like real true authenticity. You might hear like from this space that you're supposed to do something outrageous and you're like, what? And um, so it's the spirit of truth is supposed to guide you into your personal destiny. And this could be on a day-to-day basis, or even if you're thinking, you know, globally, like your purpose for life. So when you're sitting in meditation and you've kind of explored your you're in your body, you've explored your soul, it starts to calm down. It's like, all right, I've been seen, cool. And you're holding yourself like self-control, just stay there until this happens. Then you can start going a little bit deeper and you can start feeling things like, wow, there's a real peace that's overcoming me. And this is what meditators talk about, this space of bliss, where they actually don't want to leave this space. And in this space, they're connected to this force. And let's call this force, like scientifically, it's called the unified field, the Kaushik field, Indra's net. There's all sorts of words for this place that you can connect to that has higher truths, like supposed to have like all knowledge in it, right? Knowledge of everything. So that's that's the meditation practice that I teach is how to sit in meditation long enough. And you can work your way up to this. But once you realize how to do it, it's not that hard. And it becomes kind of like this really interesting adventure always into your authenticity and your purpose and what you're what you could create right now. And um, that's where, like we talked about willpower um, versus a higher power. So our willpower is kind of like, yes, I want that car and I want a cup of coffee and I want, I want, I want, I don't want, I don't want to drink, you know, it's, 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 it's always there talking to us, our willpower, but like, okay. You go back to the Bible, Jesus said, "Thy will be done. God's will. God's will be done, yeah. So this is the space that we want to get to because that that will has more power than our than our little free will uh-huh. So when you can That's like Yeah, right. When you can start living from a place like, well, I see my will, I I want my desires, you know, I know what they are, I know what my dreams are. And then you start to kind of settle even deeper into this place of where, where it's all going to happen, the creativity to get that done. And you start to be heard, like, everybody knows this, right? Don't you have like a little wise voice inside of you that, like, some people call it intuition? yep right, like maybe you're getting into something that you know you shouldn't get into, like oh i i i was I heard a little voice tell me not to do that, right yes, we've all had that. oh yeah yes,
1: yeah. I mean, and there there I mean there have been business opportunities where you know, on the surface of it, it looked like it checked off all the boxes, but there was something about it that just told me not only turn this down, but run away from it.
2: Oh my God. Okay. So that
1: is. And, and the, oh, let me, let me tell you about a specific one. I'm not going to get yeah. into too many details because uh, yeah. I believe that this person may be one of our listeners and okay. I really never really did discuss with them Why I never followed up with, uh, with the project is uh, basically, this is one of those ones where, yeah, on paper, it looked like, it looked like a good opportunity for me to get involved when I was in one of my previous businesses.
0: However,
1: mm-hmm. they made a comment where they said, I know I'm kind of new to this and I don't mind skinning my knees on it. Mm-hmm. And something about the metaphor
0: mm-hmm. of
1: skin being ripped and them bleeding
0: mm-hmm.
1: and attaching that as a way of evaluating or as a potential expectation from working with me, mm-hmm. it, th- 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 it wasn't happening. <laughs> and again, this one checked off all the boxes and the person's actually to this day, a friend of mine, but I couldn't take it on for that reason.
2: And in, rec- I
1: was I was not like, going ha- to rec- have my work associated yeah. with um, falling out of a tree and getting banged up.
2: <laughs> and if you look back, can you say like, wow, I'm really glad I did that.
1: I still can't put my finger. Why? Put my finger on it. But for some reason, I feel like I dodged an entire magazine of bullets on that one.
2: Right. So that's technically what I'm talking about. That's the spirit of truth. And everybody has heard this little voice say, like, uh, don't do that. And then you do it. And then afterwards, you're like, oh my God, why'd I do that? I, I knew not to do that. Or I, I heard a voice even telling me not to do that. So. Right there's basically these two voices that are coming from inside our body. And one is just our soul. It's our soul. And the more that you sit and you know, you learn that voice, you learn what your mind kind of everybody's mind functions differently. Mine's kind of a planner. It maybe yours is a little bit more of analytical judge or, you know, somebody else is a, you know, complete worrier, or, you know, it's just, everyone's mind is a little bit different. So you have to get to know your own mind. And that's the same with everybody's emotional makeup. I tend to be pretty emotional. So it's really good that I know how to explore my soul or I'd be like, you know, like when I was younger spewing my emotions everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um. And some people are just really will driven, free will, like I want this. This is like real materialism. You see it kind of rampant, you know. Well, I want this car. Then they sell that car and I want this house. And then, you know, they want to be on this trip. And then, you know, it's kind of like I will, I want, I want, I want, I want almost too much. I want. Yeah. Um, so, but if you learn to listen, like that's one voice. And then there's a whole nother voice, they call it, you know, God's will, or the spirit of truth, Holy Spirit, or, um, there's like all sorts of, not just biblical ways to say this, but, um, the kashic field, the universe, you know, all this stuff, the universe told me, you know, I hear that a lot now. Well, that's the voice that I'm talking about. That's, that's the higher power. It's, it's, it's usually right. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) And you can actually learn, I have a practice now that I, you know, in meditation, I I know to ask that certain part of me questions Uh and listen for that answer, that guidance. And sometimes the answer is there really clear, like before I'm even done asking the question, it's like, no, (laughs) or um, if there's not a clear answer, the answer is wait. So, um, it's, it's really like we were designed to be, we are, we're, we're like the king of the, you know, the animal kingdom, because we have this, these supernatural way that we are put together. We have a body, we have a soul and we have a spirit and we can connect to this field of, of infinite, infinite possibility and infinite wisdom, infinite creativity And, um, but what's sad is how we don't know that about ourselves. Yeah. Like that's the, the, the technology that I talk about, like it's like some, it's so easy. A lot of these technologies are just free, like hold your body still. And Uh that is actually a real higher power. And then, you know, learn, really learn to consciously breathe in a relaxed way. So in that meeting, when you start to feel a little ramped up and your, your mind is starting to ramp up, the mind is kind of tied into how you're breathing. And that's why, you know, all the stuff about do long, deep breathing is because long, deep breathing creates these chemical this chemical release in your brain that causes everything to relax. Yeah. So all of a sudden your mind's not ruminating too hard. Now you're going back, just focus on the breath and that can bring you back just to the present moment. So you're not getting lost in these different aspects of your soul. So that's another kind of like, just, it's a, it's a spiritual technology that we have right here, you know, and it's really, really powerful. So, um, you know, whether you're in business or you're just trying to find your, you know, your unique purpose as a, as a human being, these, these little technologies that are, you know, really for our soul and our spirit are important to know so that we can, you know, really the goal, I, I think is just written in different ways is, is to be functioning from that higher power and that's spirit. So it's the goal is to be spiritual kind of, you know, not religious, but more spiritual, more peaceful, more self-control, more kindness, creating goodness in the world, um, having compassion for people. These are all the 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 virtues of a spirit of a someone who's spiritual. Right, they've learned to manage their soul on some level, so um, yeah, yeah,
1: so yeah, so we're almost at the top of the hour here. And unlike most of our interviews, where I frequently have a lot of different questions and interjections and what have you, I kind of just let you run with this because <laughs> in doing this type of study, I recognize that. It's something where simply reading bullet points off a piece of paper doesn't quite explain it or having it defined just one way, one time doesn't quite explain it. My evolution of my understanding of the word soul, aside from knowing which homonym to use, Mm -hmm. has evolved considerably just listening to you over the past 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see a lot of things, like how could this be effective for, for business and how it can help us create the business of our dreams and how it can clear our minds, clear our view, and also help us to see what's going on. And I did bring up the thing about how the the, the bifurcation between a reason and an excuse and how to define, where somebody, define whether somebody is being reasonable. hmm So one thing that was taught to me, and I've used this many times, is when I sense that I'm having a reaction to something, whether it's an internal reaction or an external reaction that seems extreme, seems really elevated in terms of what kind of energy is this really worth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. to simply ask myself. What energy is causing you to think this and do this right now? Mm-hmm. And then, and then you, and then you find the energy, and guess what? What is producing this energy?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: so now that we know what's producing the energy, where did that come from? So it's the idea of asking why, asking why, asking why, asking why, mm-hmm. and it's in, it's inevitable that it's something that happened in your childhood where some adults was probably looking for credit because they didn't abuse you as bad as their parents did to them.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you, know, you,
1: know, you know how you know, you know, sometimes adults will say, boy, I'll tell you, when I was your age, if, that, if, if I'd have said that, oh boy. Mm-hmm. And you think I'm mean. It's like, yeah, hey, slow clap. Congratulations on being 20% less abusive. <laughs> what do you want, a fucking medal? <laughs> but, then, but then you take that. Mm-hmm. And you and you, you recognize the power of these patterns, these imprints mm-hmm. that get passed down and flow through, ge- flow through generations within families and within social circles. Mm-hmm. And this is where breaking the cycle comes from and being able to to follow basically everything you shared with us today. This mm-hmm. is why I wanted to bring you here and you went right where I wanted you to is from my view, at least. When you understand this concept of the soul and you understand the different techniques and the disciplines and how meditation really works, that gives you the vision and the clarity so you can find the cycle Mm -hmm. and break it.
2: Oh, my gosh. I am so glad you came to that conclusion because... These energies that exist inside the body that are stored in there, either as a thought or an emotion or a dream that didn't come true, they really block us from the the creating and being happy and being content So, um, yeah, and, and like I said, they're stored in our soul and they're stored as energy and science shows that. So science has been able to show that a thought is energy, that emotions are energy. So when the stuff comes up and you're sitting in meditation or whatever, you're going on a walk and something comes up like that, the idea is not to numb it, distract it. Don't abuse yourself. Don't abandon yourself. Um, turn towards it, and 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 like you did. Like why? Why? What? What is this? What's the story? You know, where does it come from? And you do what's called self inquiry. So you you turn towards it. Our whole society is geared towards turning away from our truth. And I think that's kind of where excuses come in. It's kind of almost like a lying, you know, you're lying because you, you, you've turned away from whatever the truth was, you know, and you're afraid to just say it. Um, So um, yeah, that energy gets released, just paying attention to the truth. If your truth is, okay, my truth is one of my truths from my childhood is I was abandoned. And so just, you know, spending years realizing I was abandoned, that released that energy. And the more I said, hey, I was abandoned. And then I ended up creating these thoughts in my mind that I wasn't worthy. So that was another energetic pattern that I had to, you know, take a look at and said, oh, well, that's just an energetic pattern in my mind that I came up with during that time period. That's not true. So you're right, like when we embrace the energetic quality of the truth that exists inside of us, it gets released. And this is the concept, the biblical concept of going from darkness to light. And it's actually the therapeutic process too, is, you know, you go into therapy and you just start saying, well, this happened, you just talk. And these energetic qualities get released. Well, you, you actually can do that on your on yourself, and and it's it's a lot less expensive.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've uh, yeah, I tried uh, "quote unquote" traditional tradition. They call it traditional talk therapy. Um, mm-hmm. I call it corporate talk therapy. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, uh, it's it seemed that all the conversations with my therapist turned to um, trying to get me to do a session with a psychiatrist. Oh! So mm. I finally went to see this psychiatrist who gave me this, this direct poison called Lexapro uh, that uh, I don't even want to get into what it did to me.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, I, part of the reaction I had to the Lexapro was the part where I dumped out all the pills on the table and smashed them with a hammer.
2: Mm.
1: Just to give you an idea. Yeah. And when I and when I attempted to explain what had happened and why I wasn't going to take the medication anymore, one of the issue one of the issues was is it caused me to uh it caused me issues with my, shall we say, my function.
2: Yeah.
1: And in addition to a list of five other things. Yeah. And the psychiatrist kept referencing everything except the issue of my function and it felt to me like she was trying to take away my manhood so i refused to see her any further and i refused to take her goddamn pills well the psychologist the phd psychologist in that deal uh lost interest in me oh no good
2: yeah. lord that's a so that's i i had therapy like okay so there. You have to be super, 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 super careful with therapy. You just have yeah. to because people get into therapy because their soul had some big problem or drama and oh yeah, you know, there's a few good ones out there, but there's a whole lot of bad ones out there. and, and I'll tell you a pill in my I'm sure it works. Don't get me wrong. I
1: I, I know people right. who take psychiatric medications and it's, a, and it's a deal changer and a life maker for them. So right. I'm not putting it down for everybody. I'm saying in my experience, I felt like I was exploited. Exactly. So, so this goes back to what I said. My truth is I'm not going to touch that goddamn dreck. Yeah. Somebody Somebody else may embrace it and be able to list yeah. off benefit after benefit after benefit after benefit.
2: Right, right, but you're there's room for both. Share your your personal truth, yes, and your personal truth is going to be helpful to somebody else's truth out there. So, it's like the more we can be vulnerable and share our truth, that's that's when there's like a lot of healing that can take place, not just with ourselves, but as somebody else goes, like, oh, I relate to that. But if we're kind of lying and and not not really being you know, as honest as we can out there or, or even with ourselves. So you have to yeah. meditation is is this radical honesty session. You know, you just get in there and try to accept everything that you find. And what you find is when you accept it, it gets released. And so um and then you get to know yourself better. Um and you and you start changing. So yeah, I, I think that yeah sounds Sounds about right that you're, you share that truth. And, and that's great. I share the truth too. My therapist, my first therapist, all they wanted to do was for me to share my negative feelings. That was it. They had a whole list of just negative feelings. Well, I, I became really, really negative after that. Yeah. And it was not helpful, not helpful at all. So anyway, be careful. Right.
1: Precisely. Okay, so we are actually at the top of our time here. Uh, now, for those who are have listened to this and have heard Tanya share all of her brilliance and her passion on the use of willpower and a higher power to create the business of your dreams, we didn't get too much into the, this is how I specifically use it to create my business, what have you. But I trust that many of you can see how using this creative framework that opens the playing field for you to achieve success that right up and, up until now you might not even be able to see it for yourself to do things that up until now you may have felt were just completely off limits to you so tanya if for those who are leaning on the edge of their seat and want more how do they get a hold of you and how does this work
2: Uh, My company is called Light. It's Y-A-H-L-I-G-H-T. And I do counseling. I do uh, individual counseling, either in person or on Zoom. Um, And I, I have a book coming out pretty soon in probably about four months. And I explain the meditation practice. It, it's a workbook, and then I'll have the the, the bigger book later on come out. But um, I, I'm starting with the workbook just so people can get at it right away. So if you need to contact me, just go to my website, www.yallight.com.
1: Which is spelled Y-A-H, is in the last three letters of Tanya's first name, yallight, L-I-G-H-T, dot com. Check the show notes for this episode. You'll find them in there. And with that, Tanya D., thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Adam, so much. Thank
0: you. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.